0: This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. We are ready for Jeff Smullian, uh, who had a, owned a radio station in New York City. If I have this correct, he bought what was then WHN in New York. And flipped it to all sports. And Jeff Smullyan is the author of Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down. That is sage advice. The ups, downs, and reinvention of an entrepreneur. Do I have that correct, Mr. Smullyan, that you bought WHN and turned it into an all-sports radio station?
1: Mr. Gold, you are absolutely correct. That is exactly right.
0: I grew up in that area, and WHN was at that point the flagship station of the Mets. and um like I look I used to listen to uh uh what Art Rust Jr. doing sports talk uh right. I listened to Pete Franklin uh right. when I was uh when I was a kid so thank you very much for your time it isn't often you talk to somebody who hired Don Imus, Howard Stern, David Letterman, Mike and the Mad Dog, Mike Francesa and Chris Russo which of right. those hirings was the most challenging for you
1: well, I'm a, I was, was a, you know, always a curmudgeon. Uh, I <laughs> yes. love Don. But, Don, you never knew what you got with Don. Um, you know, we, with David, I, you know, David and I are the exact same age. We're six days apart. Uh, and we were both starting our careers. He was a weekend weatherman, and we brought him into the first station. You know, incredible amount of fun in those days. We were kids. Um, you know, every step of the way, all the people we worked with have been great. A lot of fun.
0: Jeff Smulian is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. There, are, there are risks involved in any. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur, you you are a risk taker by nature. There are right. risks taken when you hire people. So I'm what I'm curious about is like the hiring of Don Imus. The risk is minimal because he was already a made star at WNBC in New York. Howard Stern has all was already uh, a yeah. known commodity. Letterman obviously was a risk. But when you yeah. hire Chris Russo or Mike Francesa who were yeah. not stars, what is right. the risk and what were you worried about maybe at that time or was there uh, or was there risk?
1: Well, I think Listen, there's always a risk with anybody when we brought Don in, Don in we bought the NBC stations and we inherited the 660 frequency where yeah. we moved fan. And I'll never forget that the first year of WFAN was a disaster. I have a chapter in the book. I have a favorite saying, Adam, the line between being a genius and an idiot is very fine. I've been on both sides. (laughs) And one chapter was idiot to genius, which is WFAN. Because when we put it on the air. Nobody liked it. Everybody thought it was a stupid idea. Um, And after a year, when we bought the NBC stations, we were thinking of putting Don on the station. And I remember meeting with his agents saying, we have a radio station losing record amounts of money. We have a New York Mets baseball team that has the world record in drug problems. And we have Don Imus who's been in and out of rehab four or five times in the last five years. What could possibly go wrong with this combination? But it all worked. Um, So when it works, it's great. And we've seen it on all sides.
0: Uh, I just listened to uh, 66 when uh, Soupy Sales was right. on that radio right. station, Jeff Smulian. So you're talking to somebody who's in his mid fifties who grew yeah. up in that area, listening to Ted yeah. Brown at WNEW in New York. So yeah, I understand true. all of uh, all of the New York radio stuff. Uh, yeah. What what attracted you to uh, a Russo? I've told the story the first time I ever listened to Chris Russo. He actually made me physically ill um, because of the of the style. I was I was already yeah. sick. But uh, what attracted you to a Russo or a Francesa?
1: Well, Russo, remember he started doing stuff on I'mus's show, and I'mus mm-hmm. used to call him Donald Duck on steroids. <laughs> um, and I give Mark Mason, as a program director, credit. We had Pete Franklin, and it did not work out, um, and and so we needed something for the afternoons. And Francesa was brilliant, and Russo was you know incredibly talented and quirky. And put them together, and it was magic. I mean, they just the thing just clicked. Sometimes, you know, the combination just works. And those are two guys who knew sports really, really well, uh, and and played off of each other brilliantly.
0: Jeff Smulian is joining us here. The book is called "Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down: The Ups, Downs, and Reinvention of an Entrepreneur." Real quick about the title. I mean, it's good advice, but why why did you choose that? The book was written at the
1: behest of my now college freshman daughter who's a freshman at Georgetown. Uh, I would drive her to school every day, and we'd talk about life. I'm a big lesson guy. Here's what I learned here. Here's what I learned there. Right. And she said, Dad, you gotta, you, you got to write these stories down. Nobody would ever believe the, these crazy stories. And I started writing, and when I thought about it, I thought, you know, the, the old saying about life, it's a roller coaster ride. Um, and, and when you start out, you think everything's just this great lineup, and everything is great. But your life, you know, is measured by your ups and downs. And I some of the crazy things that happened to us were really a roller coaster ride that was upside down, which I don't recommend. But it made for some fun stories.
0: I don't know, man. Now, uh, now, at like I think the last time I was on a roller coaster was at Epcot Center, and for yeah. part of it, you actually are upside down, and it was a pretty right. good, uh, pretty good ride. Do yeah. you treat? All talent, we'll just say talent, because all employees essentially get treated the same way. But in terms of the talent and the artistry, do you treat them all the same or do you have to treat them differently?
1: You have to understand everybody. And I think the thing I'm proudest of is the culture we've created in the company. We've been able to get along with all sorts of people. I have a favorite saying, Adam, I've never met anybody who walked into the office in the morning and said, how do I screw my job up? <laughs> uh, people care about doing a good job. It's our job as managers to give them the tools and tools are different for different people. Um, but I think if you treat people respect with respect and creating a, a culture that is welcoming and fun, uh, it usually works out.
0: Who was of, of the,
1: of these famous people that we've already discussed, and
0: yeah. I know Letterman was at a different place in his career. So maybe we're right. just talking about the other four uh, yeah. for this. Who yeah. was uh, who helped create the best atmosphere, the one that was the most conducive to success as an entire company?
1: Well, I have to laugh. I'd probably go to baseball and Ken Griffey Jr. Okay. Because I've never seen anybody who could electrify an entire stadium uh, as much as Kenny. I love Kenny. Uh, But they all were talented in in, in their own ways. You know, they all worked well. You know, Imus was known as a legendary curmudgeon. But when Imus came on, Imus had a bet uh, when he ended his show that said, here's, uh, it's 10 o'clock, this is the end of the day's entertainment programming. (laughs) Uh, The rest of the day, for the next 20 hours, you were here, mindless drivel for moronic sports fans talking to moronic hosts. So if you want to have actual entertainment, come back tomorrow at 6 a.m. And everybody loved it. Uh, And he was, you know, he cross-promoted the other shows. And for a guy who everybody thought was impossible, he was a... He was a great team builder for that radio station. I, I remember
0: those uh, the end of that show. Actually, one of the stations that, um, well, the station I'm, I've been in Raleigh for twenty five years, and are yeah. the, the previous station we used to run Imus' his show. So I remember hearing that at the yeah. end of uh, yeah. oh tr- a tremendous bit. If I'm also, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, he also used to do a live commercial for uh, like a gas co- a gasoline, but he would yeah. say this gas is only good to get you to. A competing gas station. I think this like Exxon That's is only fun. good to get you yeah. to a
1: Sunoco station. How does that yeah. play? Well, Don always made fun of advertisers, and most advertisers loved it because <laughs> it was, you know, I mean, listen, if you found an advertiser who didn't love it, it was very simple. They didn't advertise in his show anymore. Um, but Don, Don was an American original, a brilliant man.
0: Yeah. Jeff Smulyan is joining us here. You own the Mariners. You made reference to Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, you. Yeah. You're, in, I don't know how responsible you are for Ken Griffey, Sr., to all yeah. to play with Ken
1: Griffey, Jr., but you yeah. only owned
0: the Mariners for a short period of time.
1: Three, three years, yeah. I always said we did. We could not, and, and I was very proud of putting Ken, Jr., and Sr. together. And uh, one of my favorite, I don't keep a lot of mementos, but one of my favorite mementos is they signed the lineup card the first night that a father and son ever played together, and they gave it to me. And I have a picture of my idol, idol as a kid, was Willie Mays. And in spring training one day, Kenny and his dad and Willie and I were together, and I've saved that. But uh, um, yeah, I always kidded in baseball. My other chapter uh, is genius to idiot, my ownership of the Mariners, because I was the boy wonder when I went out there, uh, and we just couldn't afford the losses. I said, you know, you needed to be a billionaire to own a baseball team in Seattle, in that era and I wasn't. Uh, I said, you know, if you owned the Yankees or the Dodgers and you had a paper route, you could fund the the team, but it was a different time,
0: you know. Yeah, if you knew now, or yeah. knew then what you know now about the business of professional sports, yeah. would you have done everything you could to figure out a way to stay in ownership?
1: Yeah, uh, only because w- if you read the book, there's a uh, David Stern was wonderful to me. Uh, And we got out of baseball. He was a fan of our team and he said in our group and he said, I I need you to take over the Houston Rockets. You put up whatever you want. I'll get you the money. Do it. And I turned him down because radio was in a downturn and I need to go back and fix my company. Uh, My friend Jerry Reinsdorf says that is the single stupidest decision in the history of American (laughs) business. Uh, I I would say that, you know, that IBM. Giving away the software rights to Microsoft may have been number one, but my decision to turn on the Rockets was certainly two or three.
0: I mean, look, the franchise yeah. values keep going up and up yeah. and up and up. It's it's crazy. Um, yeah. do, do you pay attention to the, the, the economic drivers or the mechanisms yeah. in sports? Uh, yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you think yeah. Major League Baseball needs a salary cap? Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them?
1: About 90%, give the money, and then we meet every year to, and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888 or text ADAM to six hundred seven hundred. Adam
0: Gold is a books spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Well, sure. I mean,
1: if you if you look at the economics, and, and, and Adam, you know, it, the economics of sports have been a hobby of mine long before I owned a team and long after. Uh I spent I'm a trustee at USC, so I spent mm-hmm. three and a half years figuring out what to do with SC and the Pac twelve and the Big Ten. Um, you know, the economics of baseball are challenged because you don't have a salary cap. The NFL's the best business model. Uh it, it's a lot easier when you have the number one when you have ninety of the top hundred TV shows in the United States being yeah. NFL games. Um So, yeah, you know, in the NFL, you know that you're going to get $425 million in television revenue before you sell a ticket. Right. And you got a $230 million salary cap. This is, this is a nice business. Um, Baseball does not have those issues. It's not that fortunate. Uh, Asset values have rose, risen, almost independent of the economic performance of all the leagues, except the NFL, simply because frankly, we've created so many billionaires that they've just been at prices to different levels.
0: My, my pushback to what whether or not baseball needs it is that why would it need it? It has yeah. as much or more competitive balance than any of the other sports. Uh, yeah. More teams uh, challenge for playoff spots, make the playoffs, uh, than we have in the other sports who have salary caps. So yeah. if it's not for competitive balance, then what's the reasoning behind it if it's not to keep more money in owners' pockets?
1: Well, when you own something, whether you own a, a grocery store or a baseball team, you always want to make more money. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, but I think historically, until they had revenue sharing uh, and some form of modified cap, you did see a disparity in performance. You really had some teams that never won and some that, that right. didn't. On the other hand, how can you not look at Tampa Bay? with the lowest revenue in baseball and the best performance and say, you can overcome that. The challenge was, and always was you, if you had a low revenue team, you had to have young players uh, really perform before their prime because you could never keep them all together. That's always the challenge of the small market teams, even today with revenue sharing. Oh, there's, there's
0: no question. Uh, But it does seem that young players are performing at an, at an earlier age. So it helps. Uh, that cause and final thing. I mean, I, I could personally just talk to you forever. Um, just tell me why you decided that you wanted to write this book, other than your daughter in driving her to G- Georgetown uh, said, yeah. "Dad, you got you had to tell these stories somewhere." Was there other? Was there another motive for you to write the book?
1: Yeah. A lot of crazy things happen in the radio business uh, and TV and all the business we're in, and I just thought it would be fun to do it. I wrote it. It was fun. I ended up with a wonderful editor who was just very helpful and an agent and a publisher. And I just thought, you know what? I'd almost written a few more books. A friend of mine said when we got out of baseball, you got to write a book. Nobody ever believe what you guys went through. And I did it. Had an agent and then said, yeah, I said some things in there I'm not dying to say publicly. But this was fun. And it gave me a chance to really recreate the histories of the industries that I've been in and pay tribute to a lot of the people I've worked with. And it was a lot of fun. Um, I think it's probably the most gratifying experience I've ever had because I get, you know, people every day say, boy, I laughed. I learned a lot. So the the book has been a very gratifying experience.
0: All right. Final, final thing. I I know I lied.
1: Um, Did you ever? I'm having fun. This is better (laughs) than my day job.
0: (laughs) Did you ever turn, turn on Imus or Howard Stern and go, why the
1: heck did I do this? Well, I will tell you a funny story. I was, you know, I lived in Indianapolis. I was in Seattle. I'll never get one of my favorite moments. Uh, we'd get favorite, famous people at the ballpark, and Paul Newman came with his agent one night. And his agent was a fanatical Imus Lister, and he said, I know more about your life. Those days, I was single for many years, uh, and I was single in those days. And he said, Imus talks about who you date and your life, and he makes fun of you. And I was always at least 1,000 or 3,000 miles away, so I didn't know it. And when my friend Mel Carmazan bought the stations from us a few years later, he made this contract with Ima says, you can't talk about my personal life because I I listen to what you did to Smolian every day, and I don't want that to happen to me. So it never bothered me. though. I've had had people make fun, and uh, none of that bothers me.
0: Man, an absolute legend, as you are, sir. I appreciate your time. Jeff yeah, Smullyan, the book is called Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down, The Ups, Downs, and Reinvention of the Entrepreneur, of an Entrepreneur. I appreciate your time, sir. Uh, best yes. of luck with this book. Again, as a kid grew up uh, listening to WHN when it became all sports, flipping, uh, buying the, the Signal 660, uh, yeah. and being there, and it was it's part of my life, part of the reason I do this. Uh, thanks for coming on.
1: Well, have fun down there. I would to show my daughter's other choice was UNC. Fell in love with UNC. Uh, you remember? I don't know if you know Jim Lampley, but Jim used to work for us, and he now mm-hmm. teaches at UNC. Oh, I didn't and realize
0: he, he teach, teaches yeah, down here.
1: He's uh, there, and he was recruiting my daughter heavily, but she'd always wanted to go to Georgetown. And, and, and USC, my alma mater, where I've been on the board forever, finished in third place. So, <laughs> so you're a Big Ten legend now. Uh, well, we're you know, everybody in, in Indiana says, well, you just wanted to be in the Big Ten so you could play in Bloomington and Lafayette, so perfect. I don't know. It's all
0: good. Thank you very much for the time, sir.
1: Thanks, Adam. This you, is great.
0: You got Thanks. it. Jeff Smullyan here on the Adam Gold Show. So I apologize for geeking out for however long that was. I mean, wow, what a history lesson for me. Your heart.
1: It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice